Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise babes in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God. And his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing, and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are busting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you're about to listen to has been designed specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or you can send it to us via email at contact at wordloversglobal.com. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. Can this, this is, it was serious. Go on. This is the ritual law that applies to someone when someone dies inside a tent. All those who entered a tent, that, that tent, and those who were inside when the death occurred will be ceremonially unclean for seven days. So assuming you are in a tent, ten people, and one person dies, all of you are ceremonially unclean. You are as ceremonially unclean as the one who will touch the dead body. Any open container in the tent that was not covered with a lid is also defiled. (laughs) Let's go on. And if someone in an open field touches the corpse of someone who was killed with a sword or who died a natural death or if someone touches a human bone or a grave that person will be defiled for seven days. Do you know you go to the cemetery? People are lying on... on, on. <laughs> there, are some, there are some bones perhaps you've touched before. You never knew it was a dead body. <laughs> now remember, he didn't say dead animal. He said human body. Let me show you grace. If this is the law, in the time of Elisha, when he died, exactly... So, you, you, so, so that's a picture. You, you need to find out who is Elisha. What does Elisha mean? And why is it that when the dead person touched Elisha's bone, why, did he, why, why was he giving life and not death? And it wasn't purified too. There was no sprinkling on him, but he came alive. Grace is sprinkled everywhere. Because life is found only in grace. Now remember, this is law. You do it or you die. This is this is stoichion. Okay, let's go on. To remove the defilement, put some of the ashes from the burnt purification offering in a jar, and pour fresh water over them. Another water. Then someone who is ceremonially clean must take a high soap branch and dip it in the water. Who qualifies? Somebody who is what? Ceremonially clean. 
must take a hyssop branch and dip it into the water. That person must sprinkle the water on the tent, on all the furnishings in the tent, and on the, on the people who were in the tent, also on the person who touched a human bone or touched someone who was killed or who died naturally or touched a grave. So you need one person who is ceremonially clean to do all these things. He is qualified to bring cleansing to the people. <laughs> so you see, in Egypt, if the law covers them, eh, you will only be the Israelites and those people who were alive that could have done that. Because in every house, one person died. So is it the father that is going to... Who? You see, but they, they were not under the law. But if they were under the law, then the scripture that says that when sin abound, grace abound even more. Because God knew that he saved some people to be able to do that. Which means that in the heart of God, he does not want people to die or go against the law. He will always have solutions for you. I love this God. All right, let's go on. Is that where we are now? On the third and seven days, the person who is ceremonially clean must sprinkle the water on those who are defiled. Ah, on the third and seventh day again. Then on the seventh day, the people being cleansed must wash their clothes and bath themselves. And that evening, they will be cleansed of their defilement. Did you remember in the book, somewhere in the book of Revelation? John said, I saw those who have washed their clothes in the lamb's blood. You remember that story? Do you think those were talking about the born against who were raptured? He said, who are these people in white? He said, these are who? Those who what? Those who were able to wash their garments in the lamb's blood. You remember that story? Yes. Need look for it for them. I kept telling you, you read the Bible. When you read here, here will come. When you read here, here will come. <laughs> I want to hear the under, the undertone a bit more. That's what's making me float. Have you found it? You got it? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of what? Great tribulation. And have washed their robes and made them white in the lamb, in the blood of the lamb. So I want you to note this. Write it somewhere. Revelation 7, 14. You will find something similar to the seventh day. And then you will find where you stand. Are you part of the seventh day? Or you are part of the third day? Or you are part of both? Or you are not in at all? Oh, I love you, Jesus. Go on. Go on. On the third day and the seventh day, oh, we've read this, 20. 
But those who become defiled and do not purify themselves will be cut off from the community. He said it again. For they have defiled the sanctuary of the Lord. Hmm. Did the Bible ever tell you that if you destroy this body, you'll be destroyed? Do you think, <laughs> did Jesus die for Christians alone? Did he purchase everybody? So even those who have not received him, he purchased them. Their bodies belong to him. We are not the ones who are using our body wrongly. Because we have allowed the spirit of God to dwell in our temple. It's a good usage. But for the unbelievers, even though Jesus or God purchased them and their bodies belong to him, they have not allowed the perfect man to stay in. So they will be destroyed. Uh oh. Are, are you getting it? Yes. No, are you trying to say that it's not you? Definitely not you. Because even if you use your body to sin today, the sin is not recorded because it's paid for. Yes, sir. So there's no penalty for you. So he cannot destroy your body. But for the unbeliever, he has not received Jesus. He's already under condemnation and judgment. Correct? Yes, sir. Now, we have... He said, don't you know your... So he was telling you that don't you know that your body is, is the temple of the Holy Ghost. God will destroy anyone who destroys this, this temple. For God's temple is holy. And you are that temple. So it looks like he's talking to the church, isn't it? Yes, sir. But where is the Holy Ghost? Can God destroy you? That's why he said anyone. He would have said you. Look, you must appreciate the Holy Spirit living in your body. The Holy Spirit living in your body is the utmost requirement of God to keep your body. How do I know that? Remember that the Holy Ghost came as a down payment for your, for your full redemption. Now, he has purchased everybody. The purchase has been done for all men. But not every man will receive their, fine, their full you know, redemption. Because their full redemption should be in Christ. And if you are not in Christ, then you are going to be condemned. In fact, the Bible says you are already condemned. Okay, we shouldn't stress here. It will blow you off. But, but do you understand? So anyone who does not have the Holy Spirit living in himself, you better do that because you are wasting resources. The good usage of your body is when the Holy Ghost comes to live in. Let me put it, when God comes to live in your body. <laughs> okay. Go back to Go back to Numbers. Jesus help me. Help me. Help me. So he said, but those who become defiled do not purify and do not purify themselves, will be cut off 
from the community. For they have defiled the sanctuary of the Lord. <laughs> Since the water of purification, another water, has not been sprinkled on them, they remain what? Defiled. All through, can you see that there is something in the water that makes them defiled, uh, undefiled? Yes, sir. There's something in the water. Yes, sir. So note that. Yes, sir. There has to be something. This is not normal water. Yes, sir. There has to be something in the water to make them clean. Yes. It's coming. Now he said, this is a permanent law for the people. Those who sprinkle the water of purification must afterwards wash their clothes. And anyone who then touches the water used for purification will remain defiled until evening. So, so who is clean? That's why they need Jesus. That's why they needed one sacrifice to take away all this. Because every day, almost everybody will be defiled. So I am clean. Once I do it, I become unclean. Then you have to. You know, so, so nobody will be unclean. Nobody will be clean. That's what the Bible said in the book. It said no one is good. No one is right. No one is perfect. No one is good. So today you are clean. If you make me clean, then you become unclean. Then another person needs to make you clean. Then that person becomes unclean. Then I be, you know, so it's a cycle. So all these ones were to make the people know that the law was not good for them. So somebody's bold should have come and said, Lord, this is too much for us. We need one permanent solution. And Jesus is that permanent solution. Now you are appreciating the law. Imagine you you were under. But don't worry. I said some of you some of you will be a bit scared. But I pray that let Jesus be the reason why you are listening to me. Yes, let your ears be conditioned by the blood of Jesus. So that you can listen and not be afraid of what will happen. Because I'm not supposed to preach fear to you. When I preach fear to you, something wrong is in my water. Okay. Are we good? Okay, so now go back to verse 1 and 2. So he said, bring, me, bring what? A red heifer. And I explained to you that the heifer is what? A female cow. Now, the reason why God chose female, because it is a subjective statement. Of course, women are supposed to be subject to men and man to God. Which means that this female are towards man. Female represent Godward. Uh, sorry, manward. And then males are Godward. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That is how come the bull, the bull that they used was Godward. Because bull is a male. Yes, sir. But if it's a female, then it means it's for men. So in other words, this sacrifice was for men, not for God. It was for men. It was for, for, for the sake of men. Yes, sir. You get it? Yes, sir. Amazing. Yes, sir. 
So men needed it. It was for men. So the ashes has to be used to be cleaning men every day. It was not for God. How can it be for God when there is, there is dung in there? It cannot be for God. It's not sweet aroma unto him. So it was for the use of men. So that every day you'll be purified. Oh my bro. Hmm. One, day, one day when you go to Israel and see the Christians there, the, the, uh, the Jewish who are Christians, they, they will ex- when they explain to you, you realize that you haven't, you haven't read your Bible. Because, because this is what they used to do. And they understand. Let me show the picture of the purifying, purification. Yeah. So if, if I'm the one who's touching, remember, they are all unclean. So immediately I touch panel. You get it? So after I'm done being purified, I'm not purified. Done, you know, it's <laughs> amazing. So they must watch. So it's ceremonial. That's why it's ceremonial. It's a ceremonial thing. Amazing. Now, but what is important is the water. Now, we are seeing water running through. And that's why I'm going to talk to you about why Jesus had to wash the feet of the disciples. He used water to wash the feet of the disciples. Okay? Now, let's look at it. Let's take a glimpse of that one. Go to John chapter 13. Jesus did this after the the supper, when they are done eating. And then he began to wash their feet. But Peter, who loved Jesus so much and wanted to be proved righteous than Jesus, began to talk. And Jesus answered. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour has come, that he should depart out of the world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Can I do NLT, please? Start again. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that this hour, his hour had come to leave this world and returning to his Father. Now, they said that the, the, the last words of a dying man are very important. Now, if you want to know what was so important to Jesus before he left, go back and read the activities, what he did, what he said before he left. You will notice that in the, I've told you, I think I've told you, the upper room, okay, the, the, the chamber, the upper chamber, one of the things he kept talking about after the communion, after the, and then washing of feet, and so on, he began to talk about the Holy Ghost. Because here in chapter 13, down was then chapter 14, chapter 15, chapter 16, he began his six solid hours of meeting, talking about one that was so important, the Holy Spirit. When he talked about the Holy Spirit for a while, then they would talk about something else. Then he comes back to the Holy Spirit. Then the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit. It means that that was so important for him. So when you go back when you're reading your Bible, please go back and check from John chapter 13. These are the dying words of Jesus. Okay? Before he went onto the cross. And you you will find out that these are even more important than the seven words on the cross. I'm telling you. 
I told you on Wednesday, mother, yes, your son, son, yes, your mother. How, how does that benefit you? But in John 16, he told you, and when, he said, there are many things that I ought to tell you, but you cannot bear them right now. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he heareth, that is, so, so these are very important. This, is, this will benefit me. So I'll be waiting. Mary is not my mother. John is not my brother, but he's my, they are all brethren in Christ. So I won't benefit from them. Okay, let's go on. So he said, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave them this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth. Oh, I pray that I will love you like that. <laughs> and now he loved them to the very end. We'll see. Now, it was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas. <laughs> and the devil had what? Just like the Holy Ghost prompts you, Satan also can prompt you. Son of Simon is carried to betray Jesus. So he was prompted to do something evil. May you not be prompted to do something evil. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything. Hallelujah. Oh, just as you saw that Satan prompts people to do it, we also know that the Father gives authority. Over everything that he had come from God and will return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, uh -huh, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the feet, the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around them. Now remember, this act is, what, is one of the things he did during his time of departure. So it means it's very important for him. I will answer the question as to whether now we can wash feet or not. Because people, a lot of churches do it. Okay? Uh -huh. They call it the feet washing Sunday. Yeah. When, keep, keep your opinion to yourself yet. For now, let's look at scripture. Once you understand, then you can decide if it's good or not. Don't just get up and, mm, I don't know why they are washing their feet. You don't even understand why they are washing their feet. Understand first before you, really, you, you criticize. A man of God. Because uh -huh. you think you are under grace. Everything is law. <laughs> now, when Jesus came to Simon Peter, listen. Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Because he, he, he thought it was a physical thing. Jesus replied, this is when you, know, you knew it was, not, it was a symbolic. You don't understand now what I am doing. But someday you will. What is someday? The day the Holy Ghost comes. You get it now? Yes, sir. Anything they didn't understand, the day the Holy Ghost comes or came, they began to understand. So it was one of them. Now, after this washing, did you ever see them washing their feet? Because they understood. But does washing make it 
not correct, we'll find out. Because I know some of you want to wash. Because your, your, your feet are dirty. Charlie, water bill to go up. <laughs> All right. Yes, and that is, people will not bath. They will just come. Hey, Toby, that will you do, do pedicure for them? <laughs> Jesus didn't do pedicure. <laughs> is that my pedicure? Eh? Okay. Go on. No. Peter protested. You will never, ever wash my feet. Now, I want you to note what Jesus said. This translation is not putting it right. Because he said, Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. If you don't look at it carefully, you will think he's trying to say that he will not be saved. So, the word is not, you won't belong to me. King James says, you won't be with me. Not in me. You won't be with me. Okay? Peter said also, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Not has no part in me. Part in him stands for salvation. Part with him means walk together. Okay? For you to be able to walk with him, your feet must be washed. And I will explain. Since you don't understand now, wait. Then the time comes, you will understand. <laughs> the Holy Ghost will give you understanding. Yeah. All right, the ninth, ninth one. Simon Peter exclaimed, Look at it. I want you to know this. Very, very important. Then, if you wash there, then wash my hands my and my head as well. Lord, not just my feet. Why? Those words that Jesus spoke, Peter heard it differently. It scared him. Because of how much he loved the Lord, his ears are hearing something else because of ignorance. The words Jesus spoke were words of grace. I'm just trying to tell you something. But Peter, who didn't understand now say, Lord, then wash my feet, wash my hands, and wash my head as well. Because if my feet alone will make me belong to you, or walk with you, or be with you, then please, my hands and my head should be part of it, so that I don't lose you in any way. Are you following? So that's what he told Jesus. Jesus said, then wash my hands, and I will explain why he said wash my hands. Now, in the Old Testament, under the book of um, Numbers, chapter 19, they washed their hands those times, and they washed their feet as well. So, the question is, are we today as born again, are we supposed to wash our hands and wash our feet? So that if you are performing feet washing, then you must know what to wash. Because the whole idea came from Numbers, chapter 19. Are you getting it? Yes, sir. But Jesus, for some reason, did not. And this is the second time he refused to do what the Old Testament used to do. In Isaiah chapter 60, when Isaiah added that the day of vengeance, in Luke 8, 4, 18, when Jesus got there, he closed the book. He did not say it. Okay, go on. 
Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek and has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. Now you understand this now. Now in Luke 4, 18, Jesus said something different. Oh, no, he didn't say something different. He stopped at a point. He said, he said the same thing. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel. Say gospel. gospel. The gospel to the poor. He had sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. And to set at liberty them that are bruised. Then he said, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book. He's reading the book of Isaiah. So he's supposed to read exact. And say, and the day of vengeance of our God. But after saying that, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, he closed the book. Because that is not why he came. And let me show you. All the things he mentioned, he fulfilled all of them on the cross. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe you have been blessed by it. We are Word and Spirit and we invite you to worship with us. You will fall in love with our Wednesday teaching service, Christian Raymond 9 at 6 p.m. Encounter the supernatural in our Friday services, dubbed Night of Bliss at 6 p.m. Sit under the reign of heaven in a Furnace service on Sunday at 8 a.m. Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny Hyphen L. Jedu, and on Instagram as Prophet Danny L. Jedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. Prophet Daniel Jedu's book, Partnership with the Lord is Out, and it's selling fasting prints and on Amazon. This book has all you need to help you assess your God given right. You can contact Word and Spirit International. Contact Services on plus two three three five four seven two two one seven seven three or plus two three three five zero four three two eight nine five nine for any inquiries. So many people are listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast on Podbean, and many have received testimonies by listening. We want you to share your testimony with us by leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or sending it to us via email to contact at wordloversglobal.com. You were made to leave from glory to glory and your testimony is about to shake the world you are blessed